0: Hi, this is Dave Hsu. For those of you who don't know, I'm a family physician, and once a week I do a podcast called Medical Dads with my co-host, Dr. Stuart Harmon, a pediatric emergency room physician from Ottawa, Ontario. Stu and I talk about all things parenting, from the ridiculous to the sublime. So check it out and make it part of your week. Now available on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, welcome to Unique Stories, a podcast where we talk to people about the stories that make up their lives, where they've been, what they've done, where they're heading, and more. I'm your host, David Hsu. Thanks for listening. All right, we're back for another episode of Unique Stories with our guest, our recurring guest, Lukey Danucangento, the author of Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier and the founder and, I guess, president of Focus Inspired. <laughs> Thanks for having me back, Dave. Yeah, yeah Luki, it's great to see you again. So what we, what we said at the end of the last time we chatted was we wanted to talk a little bit about what you do for a living now and see if you can apply some of those principles to help our audience or people in our audience who are interested in you know, how to get a little bit further ahead in their life right not necessarily ahead in the sense of making more money right or even a promotion necessarily, but just trying to learn more achieve more do more of the things that they want to do right and normally when you're working you do a lot of career counseling and career coaching and i guess you you've called yourself a, a dj for people's professional careers right so we're not we're not college students we're not high school students you know looking to go through that part of career but i'm thinking more about in terms of as adults or young adults right there's this idea now that all of us could be doing more right could be pushing to go where we want to go whatever that means right Right. and i'm wondering if you can help
1: us along with that a little bit tonight yeah of course i mean my coaching process is relatively simple right and it's kind of extrapolating from all the different uh, models that are out there. And and I found basically a three-step process. Well, uh, I guess a step zero is to get to know the person, right? Mm -hmm. Understand a little bit of their background, some of their constraints, their current situation, and what have you. Uh, And then once I get that, then the first step is understand what do you want, right? So Mm -hmm. in in, uh, for a student, it could be like, what sort of job? Uh, Oftentimes, my clientele are more anyone in transition, right? So Mm -hmm. they uh, got a job in whatever field of study that they wanted, and they realize, is this it? (laughs) Do do I keep doing this for another 30, 40 years? And and, uh, that's what my life and and career is. Mm -hmm. And figuring out what else uh, do they want to do? I was on a call this morning where uh someone she's been working for uh, almost uh, 20 years now uh but she's always had uh, kind of what you said that desire to do more mm-hmm. something else right mm-hmm. uh she's has kids they're starting to get uh, a little bit older um, gonna be heading off to college soon and she uh, she's always wanted to write a book mm-hmm. right so uh and and some of the questions are well why don't you right so the, the what was um uh, write a book. And, and then it turned into uh, the why, right? Mm-hmm. So so why was that important? And, and for her, she wanted to leave a, a legacy, right? So she wanted to have all the experiences that she had and, and capture it for her kids, not necessarily to become like a uh, New York Times bestseller or anything mm-hmm. like that, but just to have something that was there. And she pointed to a story where her, her grandmother uh, had, had passed away, and uh, she wanted to kind of uh, write down her, her story um, her, her grandmother wanted to write down her, her story, uh, but she was kind of too weak and, and frail mm-hmm. to, to do so. Right, so she kind of thought of, well, could I do that for myself? And uh, so, so once we get the what, once we get the why. Uh, then I go with how. Right. And, and sometimes it's, it's uh, kind of self-explanatory where she can just go on uh, something like Kindle Digital Publishing. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, create a, a PDF of a book mm-hmm. and have it available on Amazon there. Right. Well, there's a few more steps to that. She's got to get uh, like typesetting and, and editors and, and proofreading and stuff and then that cover and all that. But uh, she could have a, a book within uh, a couple of weeks, months, or depending how long it takes her to, to write. Mm-hmm. So, and, and part of it was just a mindset shift in terms of getting clear on all that and uh, possibly even permission to say, it's okay, you, you can do it. Because <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so, sometimes people have, have the thought of like, well, who am I? Why do I have the audacity to, to, to write a book? Right? Because mm-hmm. that's only for special people. But uh, everyone's special <laughs> in their own right, whatever they, they, they want. So once you have that what defined, everything else uh, starts to fall into place. And part of what I do is, is I usually say I have uh, two parts of my job. One is to uh, ask good questions because oftentimes i asking all those like what, why and how. And then a lot of times it's just testing assumptions. Mm-hmm. And and then the second part is to uh, make people uncomfortable <laughs> because when they're comfortable, they're they're not growing. They're right. kind of stagnant. They're doing the same thing over and over again. Right. So I'll push her and say, okay, why don't you start by writing a blog post, mm-hmm. right? And and then just putting your thoughts out there. And then why don't you start with another table of contents and then uh, just, just kind of pushing her and, and encouraging her in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's uh, in a nutshell what I do. And you apply that to whatever the what is, right? So if you want to grow your business, if you want to move up and, and get promoted, if you want to uh, try something that you've always wanted to do, or if, if you got let go and, and you need kind of confidence to get back into the uh, the career game, then uh, all of those things uh, mm-hmm. apply.
0: So I'm interested first in coaching speaking broadly because mm-hmm. I, I think you and I have chatted off the air about this but we were both converts to this whole idea of needing a coach right like growing up neither of us i think really felt like we needed people to help us along the way like there was this whole idea growing up especially being asian that Mm -hmm. you're self-sufficient right you don't even need a teacher like you go to school but you're just as well good with a book than you are with a teacher like i don't really even need a teacher i can just read wikipedia right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have this mentality, right? That we're, we're lone gunslingers in the Wild West. I'll take care of myself. Thank you very much. I'm not paying for a coach. I'm not going to sign up for coaching. I really did come from this school of thought for many, many years. And it sounds wacky when I phrase it that way. But then you think about it like, like I'm in medicine, right? Medicine actually is a field that is notorious for having no coaching once you graduate, <laughs> right? And a lot of jobs are like that, right? Like, so in medicine, we, you know, you go to medical school, which sounds like a long haul, and then you do residency, which is a long haul. But then suddenly at the end of residency, you get your, you get your license to practice on your own, and suddenly you're out on your own in the community for the next 30, 40, 50 years, right? Mm-hmm. With very limited opportunities to continue training. And most of the doctors that I know, gra- as time passes, pretty soon you're busy, right? You're busy professionally with work. You have a ton of patients to see. You don't really have time to even revisit this whole idea of like, how do I get better at medicine? Assuming that's what you want to do, right? And especially right. if you're a, you know in solo practice or working out in the community, far from an academic setting, you might go to a few talks here and there, you know, go to a conference every year, but really there isn't that much coaching going on, right? So it's, it's, and it, so that's quite different from this whole coaching thing that is gaining more and more popularity with people now, yep, right? Yep. Um, I mean, there's a writer for the New Yorker named Atul Gawande. He's also a, a, a urologist who talks about this, okay. that- Suddenly, as a doctor, you have, to, you have no avenues for coaching. You th- and it's this idea that you suddenly think, I must know everything at this point, right? right? And it is kind of crazy, right? And then his whole comparison was he said, well, let's look at sports, right? Like a tennis player. These are the top tennis players in the world. They basically have a coach watching every movement they make, right? And they're practicing with that coach every day, Right, and then they're playing games against other players on other days, so they are constantly refining their game to get as as much out of their potential as they can. Right? How come we're not using that sports model in all other aspects of life, not just medicine, but you know, as an engineer or as a teacher or
1: whatever it is? I mean, I think that, that that's a great question, and that, that's one where I think uh, it needs to be thought through. Uh, like one perspective is that uh, I mean. Um, Historically, the the assumption is you go to school, you graduate, you know absolutely everything that was in the textbooks, that everybody within the school and all the research has has, has done mm-hmm. and and it's now uh, firmly sitting in between your ears right <laughs> because you have uh, done that so you don't need any help and and, and all that so why would you need uh, someone to kind of help you improve because you already know everything you have everything mm-hmm. uh, already uh, within um, kind of your, your brain and, and accessible. Um, but I think with with kind of the education system as it is now, uh, kind of the the model is uh, you're really studying for some tests mm-hmm. <laughs> that uh, within a week or two you probably forget a, a lot of it too. So so that knowledge isn't really there, right? Uh, and, and maybe at some point in time there was that uh, that, that true learning that happened uh, in, in kind of the early onset of uh, of the school system um, but, but now it's it's starting to kind of fall through the cracks where uh, I don't think it's it's that, that knowledge that true understanding is is really there once someone, graduates and and they're less and less ready for school so uh coaching is is coming up in in, in my opinion to kind of fill in that that void fill in that gap because um the, the education system says oh we did what we were supposed to do right we we got you to graduation mm-hmm. <laughs> right and then a lot of the, the students the grads are saying like well but we're still not ready for the working world because we we don't know all these uh, different things mm-hmm. and uh a, a lot of the folks are, are are probably uh too 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 scared and 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 maybe even um too too ignorant to say okay well y- you actually are okay not to know everything mm-hmm. and it, you could benefit from having someone with a couple more years of experience or just a different lens or a different perspective or someone to just ask you questions um and, uh, about uh, different areas where you might not have thought right. about right so uh yeah that's kind of s- some thinking i i don't know if that uh that answers your question but but uh i think that 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 sports um um perspective uh, probably should be applied uh to 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 more areas and um yeah i i think it, it's something that that really should be looked into in terms of um uh, helping people become more successful
0: mm-hmm. now because i come from this mindset originally where i didn't value coaching that much There's a part of me that even now, even though logically I understand this, that, okay, having a coach can be a great thing and it's not always a bad thing. There's a part of me that when I hear it, makes me cringe. You know, it's like some of my friends are like, you should consider getting a life coach. They can really help you. And I'm like, why? I could do this on my own. Like that is still the default that I have, right? And I don't know how to shake that feeling because there is a part of me that is very, very reluctant to part with the gunslinger mentality. And, and, the, and part of it is I feel like, I do feel like a lot of the most important things in life, you have to somehow learn on your own, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like being told what to do by somebody or paying somebody to tell me what to do, that just doesn't, I don't know, something about that just doesn't sit with me.
1: Well, w- one perspective is to understand that that um, like uh, one of the co- conventional wisdoms is that you want to become a a well-rounded person, right? Mm. Um, that that you have to be c- pretty good at everything. And uh, I was chatting with someone uh, before, and uh, the discussion was that uh, becoming a well-rounded person is basically the the, the fastest track to mediocrity, right? Because <laughs> if you actually look at the most uh, kind of successful and famous people they're really good at whatever they are really good at mm-hmm. and everything else they, they kind of delegate to other other people, right? Right. Um, so they have like, like kind of Steve Jobs is kind of that quintessential person, <laughs> right? He, he started the, the, the tech company. But he doesn't know how to code. He's not a, an engineer and all that sort of stuff. But he was good at, like, design and creativity, that, I, that sort of I thing, will right? point out that Steve
0: Jobs is always used as the example for these weird <laughs> things, right? He's the one guy. <laughs>
1: it's because uh, I think everybody knows him, right? Whereas yeah. if you pick some, like, random person, like, who, right? <laughs> um, like, if you went to, like, the Thomas Edison's of the but world, But he is right? a
0: very extreme example,
1: right? He was, like, sure. this crazy guy. Like,
0: even if you took Bill Gates as the example... Especially right. now in, in his later years, Bill Gates is a much more well rounded person than he, you would have thought, you know, sure. from when his Microsoft era, when he was like, you know, teen geek boy, right? Yeah. So I, I, that is my problem with the Steve Jobs example because he is particularly eccentric, right? He was a dude that didn't change his clothes and wore the black sweater every day, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, but yeah. he's the
1: best visionary out there. Right. And and uh, so so well let's let's take you for example then <laughs> if we're to take a case I also like the... wear the same sweater for several days in a row. <laughs> well, th- that's your own uh, fashion choices, <laughs> right? But uh, um, well, the way that I put it is that y- there are certain things that you are uh, okay at, mm-hmm. certain things that you are good at, certain things that you are great at, mm-hmm. right? As a com- compared to anybody else. But let's imagine that uh, throughout the course of your lifetime, you invest time in the stuff that you are uh, good at, right? Right. And then from a good, so so let's 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 put grades against it. So you're, you're okay at stuff means you're C at something. Sure. Right. You're good at something. You're B at something. Mm-hmm. And and if you're great at something, you're an A at something. Right. So let's pretend that you spend a whole bunch of time getting your C's to B's. Yes. Right, so every hour, every day, you're spending times going from C to B, C to right. B, C to B. C right, to b. that was me playing right. the piano. <laughs> <laughs> right, and how how notable will you be? Right, right. You, you'll be at b- best a B. Right? right, but let's say you and in a different life, you spend uh, every hour from a, going from a B to an A. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's the same amount of time, but instead of spending it on the C, you spend it on the B. Mm. Right. Uh, and you go from a B to an A. Okay, now you're a little bit more notable, right? Mm-hmm. But let's pretend instead that you spend all, every time, every hour on an A to get to an A+. plus. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where the differentiation comes from. And and where a coach helps you is to say, okay, are you spending time on A, B, or C, hmm. right? Because oftentimes people are busy. They're doing a whole bunch of stuff. Right. But oftentimes it's B and C that they're working on. Right. And they're not focused on I, A, right? Right. So for for you it could be that like why aren't you spending more time podcasting if mm-hmm. that's your a or it might be that you know what you, your podcasting is actually a b <laughs> right, right. Uh, and, and and you'll never get better or mm-hmm. maybe there's something else that you haven't even tried that's an a uh, that that is out there waiting for you to explore and and, and find right mm-hmm. um so a coach is kind of that that sounding board, that person to kind of help you guide through it, uh, being kind of that uh, uh, third party and, and hopefully that objective uh, person that can say and, and call you out to say, Dave, mm-hmm. you're spending all this time on this, but you're not getting any better. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you want to do about it? Right. You can continue working on the C, the B or whatever, or you can find that A and then get to the A+. And, and when you get from the A to A+, plus, you become like Steve Jobs-esque, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And you realize that wearing that same sweater serves a purpose, right? Being so eccentric serves a purpose, right? So that's kind of the, the argument that i have where um, too many people are just doing stuff, right? They're busy, they're mm-hmm. taking action, but it's not um, the, 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 um, the, the massive action. So I, I was on a coaching call that, this morning and we distinguish the difference between uh, massive action and passive action okay right um, th- they're both actions they're both doing stuff massive action is basically being proactive creating mm-hmm. doing something initiating mm-hmm. right passive action is responding consuming and uh, doing and, and maintaining and administering right mm-hmm. I would argue that most people's day is spent doing that right? Whereas uh, very few people's day is actually spent actually creating and doing that massive action that mm. actually gets results and, and, and new and interesting things. So something like this, creating a podcast, this is, would be considered massive action because you're putting it out there, right? Mm. Versus cooking and whatever, it's stuff that has to happen. It's not that passive action is bad, but like, wouldn't that be better served, uh, outsourced or delegated or put to someone else on the team who is better at cooking? because their creation of, of this dish or whatever might be way better at, at, than yours right right so um, assuming that you can afford it and and, and all that sort of stuff but um, the more that you spend on your kind of a is it, gonna be a better bang for your buck than the, than the time that you spend on your C
0: interesting interesting actually I've I've never thought about life so much from that standpoint but I have thought about this, idea of like should you be putting time into your into your a stuff and making an a plus versus your c stuff turning into a c plus i've thought about it specifically with regards to tennis like i've actually spent way too much of my adult life trying to get better <laughs> at recreational level tennis sure and this and has that thing. really helped you <laughs> it, it has not helped me so the <laughs> entire enterprise of tennis is definitely trying to go from a c plus to a c but right. or a C plus <laughs> to a to a b minus but but when we are thinking about tennis, when you think about, like, your individual skill set in tennis, right? Mm-hmm. So some players are good at attacking, right? Or you have a really big forehand, right? Right. But you're really weak on the backhand side, right? So, like, that actually is me, right? So. So then one of the things you think about is in tennis, should you be spending even more time making your forehand even better up mm-hmm. that like by 5 percentile points or should you be trying to make your weakness better? Right. And you can spend a lot of time on that weakness to make it a slightly less of a weakness. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't think there's a super clear answer to this question because at the same time, as you're saying, we should make the top stuff better. Maybe it's one of these not so important things necessarily that is holding you back that's making you vulnerable on the backside somehow you know like you're really good at work like steve jobs but your family life is a disaster right Right. and you may not choose to prioritize it because you're so focused on the front end stuff so i don't i don't know if that's a clear answer and I, i guess a coach in tennis obviously that's the obvious example would be the person to try to point out you know you know where you should be spending your practice time right? To win more points. But in life, I find it's a little bit more complicated than that.
1: A hundred percent. And it goes back to the the discussion of what do you want, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, if you want to make a huge impact in the working world, in your professional life or whatever, mm-hmm. then there might needs to be some uh, consensus in, in terms of, uh, or concessions mm-hmm. in, in your family life, right? right. Because you want to be an A plus uh, in that world, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but if it's like, and I want to have a good uh, family life, uh, I, I want to uh, raise my kids well and all that sort of stuff, well, sometimes they can't go together, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to kind of pick and choose. Or there might be ways where uh, you can uh, combine the two somehow right. um, in, in a different uh, different area, right? Where right. instead of being in this industry, you're in another one where you can actually spend more time right. uh, with, with, with your kids, right? Right, which is kind of the path you, you went down, that decision path a while ago. Exactly, and and everyone has to make their their choice, and and it's one of those things where I think the word should is, is a bad word, right? Mm. Uh, and and sometimes uh, for for some people, it, it, like it's very apparent, but not apparent for some, because most people say yes, you should spend time with your family.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, <laughs> of course, there's that word again, should, right? Right. Uh, if you're not particularly a family person, then maybe your your time is better spent elsewhere, right? right. Um, but but it's kind of a challenging argument to say that you shouldn't be a good dad, right? <laughs> yeah, to, to, to do that, but but maybe your your gifts are truly uh, elsewhere, right? And right? sometimes less is more for certain relationships. A hundred percent. Right. So getting, getting clear on on that and uh, taking that, that should out of the equation Mm -hmm. and really saying, okay, if you were honest with yourself, what do you want? And Mm -hmm. and oftentimes you is the operative word, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Is it because uh, you want it or is it because your partner wants it? Your mom and dad wants it? Your, your family, your, your, your culture wants it Mm -hmm. for you. Right, and 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 really, it's it's getting down to that mm-hmm. um, because it's one where oftentimes you have those those books like the regrets of the dying. It's <laughs> it's all the stuff that 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 you didn't do, right? Uh, that that really kind of eats you up as regrets at the end of your life versus the stuff that you did do and failed or, or didn't do so well, right? Mm-hmm. So oftentimes it's 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 depending on on how you decide to to live your life, um, uh, moving in in an, an appropriate direction, right? And yeah, there, there's in, in coaching, like with everything else, there's there's uh, biases involved. And that's why a lot of coaching is just asking questions, mm-hmm. right? And oftentimes the, the, the understanding is that uh, the person actually has the answers inside them. It's just teasing it out of them and letting mm-hmm. them come to grips with whatever they actually want to do. So technically, I'm not really giving you any advice a, as a coach. Mm-hmm. It's just, okay, let me ask you these questions and no judgment, right or wrong, whatever you want. And uh, l- l- let's talk about it. like and 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 where are you going to be landing uh, based on the answer that you just gave? Mm.
0: Now, I have a few general questions for you about coaching, and then we'll get into some specific examples that I, that I think people will find entertaining. But broadly speaking, when you when as a coach yourself and as a person who's you know gone from being a lone gunslinger to someone who embraces the model of coaching and having mentors, who do you think in society benefits from coaching is it everybody going to benefit from it or are there some people who really don't need it
1: if i were to uh like off the top of my head i'll probably need to think a little bit more on this answer but right off the top of my head i I would probably say that uh, everybody could benefit from coaching right Mm. Uh, because in whatever area uh people could always get better right and sometimes it's even having that that devil's advocate that contrarian point of view. Ah, uh, to point them, like, did you think about this? or what about that? right? Because mm-hmm. even if you're at the top of your game, all right, they all have coaches right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And even if you're the top coach, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Even the top coaches have coaches, right? Because there's always different perspectives. And sometimes uh, you want to have kind of that diversity where they'll have multiple coaches, where uh, I know some folks that have um, like diversity coaches, where they'll actually have someone who is the total opposite of them, where uh, they're male and and their coach is female, Uh, they're uh, of of one ethnicity and their coach is another one. Because oftentimes you don't uh, appreciate perspectives from from that angle. Mm. Um, so, so some of the uh, decisions that you make are, are solely based on your own life experiences, as broad as they may be and as open as, as they are. So oftentimes it's there. So uh, like off the top of my head, I'd say everybody could uh, benefit from coaching. Now, it's whether or not they have the means to do so because th- the challenge with coaching is it's a relatively expensive endeavor, right? Yes. Right now, it's not very accessible, right? Uh, m- most coaches uh, are in the executive coaching realm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I- I've actually found that in m- myself where w- getting into the coaching business, uh, it- it's very hard <laughs> to get right. kind of mainstream clients, well, right? So. It's a
0: thing where like you only hear about people talking about their coach when they're in a certain income bracket. Right. And you could actually make the argument that those people probably need the coach the least. Right. There's probably. a lot of people out there who are struggling. Like I'm talking about really struggling and they, there's no way they could afford a coach. So mm-hmm. so you, you see people trying to figure out how to get ahead. You know, they're reading, they're reading books, they're watching YouTube videos, they're trying to and they're they're having conversations with people and trying to piece together bits and pieces of it without necessarily having like a formalized paid relationship with somebody to do it. And I think that is a challenge. Um, I don't know how you would answer that because now I, I, don't, I don't want to turn this into a conversation. where We're just talking to the 1% of people who could benefit from
1: it. No, and, and that's actually the, the problem I'm trying to solve. Right. Mm. So I, I'm trying to make coaching accessible. Right. Career mm. success for all was was my original kind of uh, motto and mantra. Mm. Uh, my, my demographic is what I call the middle. Mm-hmm. right the, the top 10 20% they're fine they're okay they're <laughs> they're going from SVP to CEO or right. something they'll be okay problems. Right? <laughs> yeah yeah it's like uh and, and then the bottom twenty percent, they have different challenges that that I probably can't help with. Mm. But it's that middle sixty to eighty percent that sometimes, with just a little nudge, a little bit of a push, a little bit of words of encouragement, um, th- then they'll be able to operate at whatever next level is. Mm. And and sometimes it's just a belief. Sometimes it's just like go ahead and and a little bit of permission to do that, right? Um, and and sometimes it doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take like uh, five hundred dollars an hour <laughs> as a career coach. <laughs> sometimes it, it, it it's much uh, less than that. But- so. What I'm trying to do is, is make it more accessible mm-hmm. and, and, and pervasive. Um, so stuff like the stuff I wish I knew earlier, right? Well, there, there's all this self-help books and all that sort of stuff. But uh, to, to jump on a call with, with me, right? Uh, mm-hmm. and, and just say, okay, go ahead, Dave. Start a podcast. <laughs> go ahead and do this. And, and, right. and whatever it is that you want to do, so sometimes it's as simple as that. And putting someone in, in, on that path and getting them started is all they need. Right. Mm-hmm. now and can I do that a bunch of times but because my goal is uh, I, I I use the word mentorship in, instead of coaching but uh, they're, they're they're similar um, and there's a bit of overlap mm-hmm. um, but the whole point of calling my book uh, stuff I wish I knew earlier is that uh, everyone should be sharing their stuff that they wish knew they knew earlier right mm-hmm. and that could benefit like the younger generation or it could be people that are trying to get into the area that they want to be in because uh, they might be uh, older or younger or whatever because sometimes age is, is not necessarily the factor. Mm-hmm. It's the different experiences that people have. Mm-hmm. And just by learning about what other people have done and saying, okay, this is how I got there. Um, these are the goals that helped me. Um, then sometimes you just need a, a, a coach that, that knows principles and stuff like that to make sure that they're uh, on track, that, mm-hmm. that they, they're, they have the accountability to do that. Um, and kind of weaving, like, coaching and mentorship. That's why I actually call myself a, a mentor coach, right? Because I have a little bit of that that advice and guidance, but also the kind of uh, uh, goal setting, like, accountability and making mm-hmm. sure that, that you're making uh, progress in that. Right. And yeah. So I, I plan to automate that through technology, uh, like, courses and all that sort of stuff in order to make it accessible and, and really have everybody say, like, well, you don't have a coach. Why don't you have a coach? Right? <laughs> Everyone should have a coach, right? Uh, now, will you have like the world's uh, foremost uh, A-plus coach? Or will you have the up-and-coming C going to B coach, right? Because mm. there'll be spectrums, right, where the world's top-paid coaches will still be a uh, take-top dollar, but there'll be more accessible ones, uh, mm. and 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 uh, you you'll pay uh, less of a premium if they're kind of newer and unproven, <laughs> right? And uh, it's kind of like the, the hairdresser going to the one that that that's that's in training, <laughs> versus versus the expert
0: one. Right? So I kind of put it like that. Maybe just mm-hmm. to give our audience a sense of. What type of costs are they really looking at if they want to have a coach at, at, you know, something that's affordable or something that's
1: really unaffordable? Like, what's the price range for these things these days? It's huge, right? <laughs> so, well, so you can have, uh, like, the the, the not-for-profit uh, career coaches and counselors and stuff that they're basically free and mm-hmm. they're, they're funded by the government, right? Um, and, and you can kind of go in employment centers and stuff like that and they'll help you with that, right? Mm-hmm. So, it, no cost, Right. Um, some someone like me, like my my f- flat rate is uh, uh two hundred and fifteen an hour, mm. right? Is, is if someone wants to book a session with me, right? right. I consider myself uh, pretty kind of uh, low middle uh, of okay. the tier, and then there's other people which are thousands of dollars in an hour, uh, mm. tens of thousands, where usually the high-priced coaches are, right. are, are, are much more than that, right? But the thing is, with a career coach, you're not going to meet them like uh, every day, <laughs> right? Hopefully not. You're, you're gonna, <laughs> ho- hopefully not. You're, you're going to meet them once a week, once a month, mm-hmm. uh, w- once a whatever, right? So that, that price tag seems quite affordable, especially if they can have that A become the A plus. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes that there is a, a monetary element uh, to it where if they set you in the right track and uh, you're now able to make uh, more sales, more money, more whatever. And sometimes it's not money, sometimes it's just more more, more peace, more mm-hmm. time uh, with your family or whatever it is that is important to you. And uh, how much is that worth, right? Mm-hmm. It's probably worth more than uh, a, a couple hundred dollars, right? Right. Uh, so it's one where a lot of folks say that uh, you're expensive and I say well compared to what <laughs> like c- compared to what right? right So am I expensive compared to uh, like um, your phone bill It's like probably right mm-hmm. but like what is the return on your phone bill right yes, you get access to the internet and from from anywhere and everywhere right mm-hmm. so there's a lot of uh, entertainment value um, but but I uh, promise like growth right? Right. Purpose, right? A peace of mind, right? And, and client uh, reduced anxiety and stress, right? Like, <laughs> the problem, like how much do you pay for that? The problem
0: at, at $215 an hour is people look at their Netflix bill and they're like, that's $13. I'm getting a lot of value <laughs> out of this thing. And so everything else looks exorbitant compared to it. Like I have that problem when I'm looking at pricing, like even, you know, like, you know, I was thinking about like, you know, writing a book. While well, people aren't willing to pay $25 for a book that they might read one time, they can watch like a million movies for this $13, right? This is the society we live in where people's sense of value doesn't fit the items anymore, right? They In Canada, you go to a doctor's office, you pay zero. So you have no idea what that's costs, right? You have the idea that a lawyer is a very expensive thing. So you don't want to mess with that, right? But yeah, so all these prices are kind of floating around in there. And people don't have a good sense of it yeah
1: and and one uh metric because oftentimes i deal with careers which which relates to jobs and things like that right so a, a typical case is someone's looking for work right so they're unemployed and, and they're they're trying to hire a career coach to kind of accelerate the job hunt process mm-hmm. right so I, I usually say well i mean if you're making uh, fifty-two thousand fifty two thousand a year right for easy math because there's 52 weeks in a year mm-hmm. you're making a thousand bucks a week right I don't cost a thousand bucks a week, mm. <laughs> right? So if I can reduce your uh, job search by one week, then I've already paid for myself, mm-hmm. right? And, and however many weeks that I've done it, then I've already paid for myself that many times over, right? And extend that to like promotions, extend that to uh, like like work-life balance, extend that to whatever. Uh, and, and then you can see that, that the price tag actually does pay for itself quite, quite nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then you have to, if you compare that to your Netflix bill, go ahead, watch Netflix, (laughs) sit in the couch, right? Enjoy (laughs) it. Right. right. If that, if that's where you are, where you want to just enjoy life and, and, and binge watch, uh, your, your, whatever, um, show that you're, you're watching, that's, that's cool. And, and okay, but uh, stop complaining that you want to like write your book, that, that you're not getting anywhere and all that sort of stuff, right? (laughs) Get off your butt to do that. Right. Mm. And, and that is part of, uh, the, the, the responsibility for, for a coach as well. But the, 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 uh, interesting part of a coach is, is the, the saying uh, you can lead a horse to water but you can't get them to drink. Mm-hmm. L- that still applies, right? The person has to put in the work, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just like in the gym, right? I can uh, teach you about push-ups. I can t- talk to you about the right form but I can't do a push-up for you. <laughs> right. You have to do the push-up and once you do the push-up then you get healthier. Then 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 you get the the, the, the stronger stronger muscles and uh, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, 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 you feel like you can... Um, uh, do do a lot more with, with, with your work, your life, and and whatever else.
0: Now, when people are looking for a coach, do they necessarily have to find a coach that's in their field or has knows a lot of the nuts and bolts about their industry? Like for me, as in medicine, if I were to find a coach, should that person be a family doctor or another physician? Or can it just be a random coach like yourself?
1: It's, it depends on your comfort level. For the most part, coaching, there are different uh, schools of thought and paradigms and stuff like that. And they're relatively uh, generic in the sense that it doesn't need some industry uh, expertise. Now, the reason why I call myself like a mentor coach is the mentoring part uh, indicates that there's some experience, some expertise, uh, because they give you some suggestions and advice, right? Um, So uh, they can pull out the questions. And, and ideally, uh, it's supposed to tease out the information from you in order for you to provide the answers. But sometimes uh, people aren't necessarily as forthcoming with those answers. So when someone isn't in the industry, then they might not be able to detect, well, that's actually not true uh, mm-hmm. within whatever realm. Um, but oftentimes, like a, a good enough coach will be able to do it. Someone with enough experience will be able to call you out on your, your BS saying that, well, really? Dave, come mm. on. <laughs> is that is that the excuse that you're giving me? Uh, whereas someone else that say, OK, yeah, that that is part of that because they have this under or, or misconception or maybe different conception, different perspective of the industry. So therefore, they they let that go. So there is a benefit to it, but it's not a, a mandatory thing. Like a lot of the top performing uh, coaches, uh, they 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 aren't right. They're kind of more industry agnostic. Uh, they are. Have had clients where they'll be able to deal with uh, certain uh, limiting beliefs and things like that. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, uh, what's holding people back or or what they're struggling with has nothing to do with their their technical skills or their industry knowledge or anything. It's usually some sort of psychological thing where, uh, like, um, something that happened in childhood, (laughs) right? Right. Like mom and dad or whatever that they can't. Some sort of belief, hundred percent, right? So generally speaking, no. uh, and, and there's some um, thought to say, like, well, maybe they should be totally different than you because they'll get come and and, and provide you with different perspectives that you wouldn't have otherwise thought of. Whereas if right. they looked exactly like you, then you might not get that. True, true. There's this whole idea that diversity is
0: super important and that we should bring people from different fields together to really come up with ingenious solutions to things. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So... I thought to this effect, we should change gears a little bit and give people a bit of a practical example for you to work on and see what, okay. what you can actually give me in terms of advice. All right. So this isn't like a crazy example, but it's just something I've been thinking about lately. Actually, the reason I've thought of doing this discussion on coaching was I was chatting with one of my friends about, you know, doing podcasting, you know, working on my writing on the side, all these other things I'm trying to do. On top of being a family doctor and he said you know what you should really get a coach and you know they can really hone in so rather than you spinning your wheels and doing all these random things and in, in kind of your own way and you know piece by piece learning from your mistakes have someone really direct you right and mm-hmm. i thought i don't want to spend money on that right right but as so free we, coaching <laughs> yeah, as, as we've talked about it though i thought it might help to talk a little bit about you know, that problem, you know? So if this was a math problem in a math book, what are the types of questions you would ask me? And what, you know, where, where would we want that conversation to go? Sure. So the long and short of where I am now is, you know, I started podcasting about a year and a half ago on mm-hmm. a bit of a whim. Actually, I'd been listening to podcasts for about almost 10 years, right? Sure. So I, I, it was a vital part of my commute. I listened to all these like sports shows that aren't accessible on the radio. I, I even bought like a little iPod player, like a, some speakers. This was before everyone started doing this and would plug this in and carry it around with me just to listen to podcasts. Okay. And at some point I heard a few podcasts that somebody else did. I was like, you know what, we could do this ourselves or I'll try it, right? And, I've, and so I started doing a podcast with a student of mine and then a friend of mine started, him and I started doing medical dads and now we're right. here yeah. and it's fun, right? But it definitely has this thing where it's like, I do put in a lot of time, right? I I, I make zero money for it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. My wife sometimes rolls her eyes when I'm like, I'm going to be downstairs recording again, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, to me, it does seem more productive than Netflix. So I don't watch sure. that much binge TV anymore. But I'm not really sure where I'm supposed to go with this, right? And there's a mm-hmm. lot of different ways, right? Like, so, so there's this, a lot of times I get frustrated when I mention podcasting. people, they say, well i don't don't mind me asking but how much money do you make right and when i say zero they're like you know you kind of get this like well eventually when will you start making money and then part of me is like well maybe never like that's Mm -hmm. not really what i'm doing this for at this point but i don't really know where i'm going with this whole thing so maybe that's the question that i'm trying to trying to explore yeah
1: so, so going to that uh, formula that, that I said, it, it's, it's the what, why, and then how, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so what do you want, right? So if, if you could have kind of the ideal state, uh, what, what could that reality be? And then we have to factor that in with, with some of the, the constraints that, that you have and say, okay, what are some of the different options and, and alternatives that are actually feasible and, and, and uh, workable for you, right? Mm-hmm. So, so we can do w- one extreme. So what, what is kind of your, your big mm-hmm. vision? Uh, mm. If things went according to plan uh, on the podcasting side, like what what would that look like that we could at least pay
0: some bills <laughs> with the with the podcast that the show could at least pay for itself and maybe return a little bit of money on the side? I don't expect that you know I could make as much money as I do as a physician, sure. right, but you know enough to pay for the microphone and some like you know the time that it spends to sit
1: down here recording things sure. So, th- so then it gets to be specific in terms of like, what would that look like? So if, if you have three podcasts or four, how many podcasts do you have now? <laughs> three. <laughs> three? So, so out of which one do you think is, is the biggest opportunity? So it's probably not this one, unfortunately, <laughs> but it's probably
0: medical dads. Like that one, okay. you know, we've been doing it the longest. It's the most regular, you know, mm-hmm. potential wise, I think that has the most potential.
1: Okay so e- extend that out and say like how could you turn this into that vision that you had hmm. right what are some of the things that would need to be in place in order for that to happen, where it does pull in an income, you're able to pay for your time. First of all, what is that time? Like, how much is that worth, mm-hmm. right? Because you're doing it for fun. It's not the whatever two fifteen an hour or whatever amount mm-hmm. that that right. that that it is. Um, is it? But it's more than fourteen an hour. Right. <laughs> you probably want to pay yourself more than minimum wage. Right. So what is that number? And and you can, it can always change. It doesn't have to be the same thing. Right. But figuring out what what that is and, and start to get tangible. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have to figure out okay. Uh, each episode costs this much in, in terms of time, in terms of effort. So that means I need to be compensated this much. Ooh. And your co-host. I've
0: purposed, we have purposely never thought about the problem in that regard because the negative number would be so large.
1: Well, so this is one where if you actually want to turn it into a positive return or mm. at least a, a break-even uh, return, then, then you have to start thinking about that, right? Because mm. it does cost that. And and the, the result of this might be to say that, you know what? I don't actually want to get paid for this. Right. I just love doing it. Um, and then you can live uh, the life. So so apparently you can live the, the Albert Einstein life. What does that mean? Right. And, and basically, well, what that means is that uh, Albert Einstein, for those that know, he wrote, he did the theory of relativity, very famous uh, physicist and all that sort of stuff. But during the day, he worked at the Swiss Patent Office, mm. right? A very kind of boring, uh, kind of uh, not very challenging uh, work environment where he was able to do enough, right, to pay the bills, so that in the evening he could create E equals M C squared. He did this his whole career, or this was just like... pretty much for for a for a lot, large number of uh, years in his career, right? Mm-hmm. So, is that you, right. <laughs> right? Where basically, you know what, you're this is your theory of relativity, <laughs> right? Mm. And and you're pouring your your heart and soul into it, uh, but during the day, you're paying the bills.
0: The scary thing is, I actually would be okay with it because I, I I do think as we talk about it more, the whole podcasting for money thing, other than just paying the bills and you know you know you know not th- doing things that for a huge loss. I don't really have a strong feeling about money. But th- this is part of the problem that whenever we talk to coaches, I always feel like they're going to commodify everything, right, and turn it into something where the bottom line becomes the most important part of it.
1: Well, so so I, I have a different approach, mm-hmm. right, where where money is a thing, but it's not necessarily the most important thing. And, and to mm-hmm. me, it's definitely not necessarily the most important thing because you're right, a lot of the business coaches is I need to 10x your whatever. And, and, right, and I've get heard that kind of thing. Product. Yeah. Uh, whereas for me, it's like, well, what is this worth to you? Because mm-hmm. in terms of like satisfaction um, or what have you. And and one thing that comes to mind is the kind of limiting belief or the thought from your friend um, that that's saying, well, when is this going to make you any money? Uh, there, there's probably kind of a bit of judgment in there mm-hmm. that's failing. Oh, yeah. Like it should be worth something to me versus no, it's, it's just pure pleasure. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you could replace this with golf. Mm-hmm. and nobody would care right because right? everyone's doing golf <laughs> exactly but right. but your version of golf is podcasting and they'll be like what but it's, it's it's costing you this much time but it's not netting you anything but you're on the golf course it's like five hours right, right? it's a lot of money it's a <laughs> lot <of money. laughs> and, and a lot of money and all that sort of stuff and and uh, you're probably spending less money on podcasting than you are on on golfing absolutely so why is that any different so it, it's kind of coming to grips with those types of things and saying you know what like, uh, as long as it's it's something that, that keeps you happy, why do you have to uh, succumb to some of these uh, other things where, w- why do you have to make money? Interesting. Right? So, so part of the discussion is is that, like, if there's a, a seed of that where you actually do want to make money, well, let's, let's dig into it. But if it's like, you know what, I don't ever want to make money. I just want to create what I want to create. And uh, I want to have fun doing it. And then once it's not fun, that's the other part where let's say you keep doing this for five, 10 years, mm-hmm. and then you st- start feeling like that it's torture, <laughs> that yeah. you don't want to do it. You don't have that same spark. Well, then you have to kind of look into yourself and saying, OK, am I done? Hmm. Uh, do, do I find something else? And, and it's, it's OK to do that, to say this was a chapter in my life. Let me do something else, and and maybe you do pick up golf, or you do pick up tennis again, or whatever it is right. that that uh, you you find a new interest and, and passion with, right? So it, it's kind of those discussions that that happen, uh, which is where which is where the the why comes in, right? So if we go back to the why, if the why is to make money, okay, well that that's a reason, mm-hmm. and and it's not not necessarily a bad reason, but if the why is to perfect your craft, mm-hmm. you are a sound engineer at heart and and you want like the 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 sweetest sound or copy or um having great conversations or you just want you just like the sound of your own voice (laughs) whatever whatever it is whatever it is whatever it is Mm. then uh like like let's hear it and let's be honest about it um and then once you have those two then the how figures itself out fairly readily Mm. so so what are those for you or like, are you willing to kind of share on on, on uh, recording? Right? <laughs> uh, sure.
0: I mean, I, I think actually that model hits pretty like I've had versions of that thought process go through my head at different times. I mean, I do work as a physician. So, you know, in terms of money, I don't need the podcast to make me more money. Right. Like I will be comfortable. So no matter what happens with this thing. Um, there is a part of me that always wanted to do creative stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And part of doing creative stuff specifically, I think, is coming to the realization that creative stuff doesn't make much money. You know, it, it, it gets in that, yep. that whole thing where, you know, you're an artist versus an entrepreneur, right? Right. And the more pure the art is, the less you're supposed to think about money. Right. Not, not necessarily because the thing is worthless, but because you can't get paid. <laughs> right? Sure. And money starts to mess up the art, right? Like you start doing things for the sake of money rather than for the sake of, you know, the art that you're supposed to be doing. So yeah. I've always, I've had that idea. And I, d- I do feel like I'm at a spot where, you know, as an adult with a job, that's, you know, fairly comfortable. I don't have to worry about that. So that's the saving grace. So then I can podcast about whatever I want. I don't, you know, yeah. there could be no audience and I'll be happy, right? I could write a book about whatever I want. If three people could read it. I'm still okay. Cause that's the vision that I had rather than sure. saying, you know what is what are people reading these days let me write what people are reading and so that i can sell it to them right exactly so i like that comfort level a lot but mm-hmm. that is a difficult thing to explain and i'm kind of i guess it's i'm kind of glad
1: that you asked me about it yeah so it, it's it's going back to uh like the convention why, why is it challenging mm-hmm. to explain right like why what is difficult about it because it's easier to talk about money
0: it's easier to talk about money and it's easier to talk about golf these things are just easy to understand for people but i guess you're right if we thought about this as in terms of like instead of your golf club membership and you're just doing this as a hobby that's fine but the problem with the word hobby is it kind of has a negative connotation hobby really sounds frivolous you know so like when someone says i'm writing a book and and they want to be called a writer they want they don't want to be called writing is my hobby you know Mm -hmm. So I think that is also part of the thing. Like, is our society, we put certain labels on people. And as, you know, the people in it, like in this case, I'm the podcaster or the writer, I internalize all those labels, right? And I have to break free of all of them. It's very a pain in the butt, honestly.
1: Yeah. And and part of the discussion is, do you have to care about the opinion of whoever put that label on you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, who is this person? Right. You absolutely do
0: not have to care, but it's difficult. Right? You have to undo this, this kind of brainwashing at every turn.
1: Absolutely. And, and the thing is, uh, the more that you do it, the easier it becomes. Mm-hmm. Right. So a lot of the times you are, whether you like it or not, you're building a habit. Mm-hmm. R- whether to uh, internalize this and, and have it eat you up inside or to uh, acknowledge it, release it and let it go. Right. right. Whatever you do, you're building a habit. So, uh, and, and oftentimes your habits follow the path of least resistance. So if you've been doing it before where you're letting it get to you, mm-hmm. it's going to keep on doing that until you make the conscious decision to switch to say, well, he, Joe's just being Joe, He's just right. whatever. It, right. it, it, it has nothing thing. to do with me. I'm going to do my thing and, and, and I love it. Right. He can go golf and I'll go podcast. Mm-hmm. Right. He, he, he does his thing it's, 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 it's not going to affect me. Mm-hmm. And like at the end of the day, like why does his or her or whatever's opinion matter? Mm-hmm. Right. Now, if it's your wife, it probably <laughs> matters a bit, right? And then you'll, you'll have to have some conversations around that, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it, it could be that you just keep on going, it's like, well, I, I should be allowed to have my hobbies, right? Um, and and uh, you should have your time, but in, in uh, she should ha- be able to have her time, right? So hopefully she has her, whatever her podcasting is, <laughs> time time in the basement or time in the whatever room to do her right. thing. Right, we're all different. Yeah, I- exactly. So mm. it's kind of going through that uh that thought process and uh yeah it's for a lot of people a lot of people uh looking for coaching it is career it is money it is business it is whatever uh, and that's where you kind of uh, border life coaching versus career coaching mm-hmm. um and I like to call myself a career coach just because I don't necessarily want to deal with the, the, the baggage of life coaching mm-hmm. uh, because there's a borderline kind of therapist <laughs> in, yes. in that whole uh, area too, right. which uh, like I don't necessarily want to deal with. Um, but at the same time, I, I acknowledge that for, for many people, um, when they have to deal with career, there's all this stuff. Right. There's family. There's um, like like uh, imposter syndrome. There's all these different things where uh, sh- should I be doing it? Uh, is right. is it because I want to or mom and dad? Right. We and don't... and it it comes with the territory. So right. yeah. we don't live in a vacuum. So that does happen. Hundred percent. Yeah. So it, it would be nice if you can have it very clear cut. But uh, everyone has different things that spill over. Right. Interesting. So, yeah. That would be uh w- one way that I'd wanna uh, want you to think about your current situation and say well if if you uh want that well then then you're you're probably set and and you don't actually need to do anything else Mm -hmm. right you just need to make sure that the people around you are comfortable with it and and the messaging is that that, uh you don't really need to make any money and if uh your wife is comfortable in in allowing you to have this time uh, (laughs) now it's one where there's a limit like you have three podcasts can you do four? Can you do five? Can you do whatever? And then it's like, come on, Dave. <laughs> like, something's got to give, right? right. Uh, and, and then that's when you might need to say that, okay, I, I need to change this because it's not working, mm-hmm. right? Um, but but right now, if you can manage, then uh, like like th- th- does anybody's else, other uh, opinions, do any of those actually matter?
0: Right. Well, I really appreciate that bit of free career advice or I guess non-career <laughs> hobby advice there. <laughs> yeah. coaching in
1: in whatever respect but
0: hopefully people found that useful because i i actually find it very interesting to actually hear you unwind your thoughts around that issue and actually a lot of the stuff you've talked about today has been quite fascinating so i'm really glad to have you on the show as a regular and speaking of recurrent podcasts, recurring on a frequent basis hopefully we'll have you again on on the show in due course
1: yeah my pleasure and uh yeah hopefully you'll have we'll have more of these interesting conversations and uh yeah if if your uh, why or your what decides to change, then yeah, let me know. Right. <laughs> we can have a conversation <laughs> All right, about we'll that chat. too. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Dave. No problem. Good night, Luki. Take care.